morning. This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the Edmund Elder Library, the Eel podcast. And today we're going to be um, continuing the Frank Bartleman's Azusa Street book and eyewitness account to the birth of the Pentecostal Revival. Uh, what this podcast is, is book reviews and um, also thoughts and um, uh, special things that God puts on my heart from time to time. And you're welcome to join in and share share your thoughts, comment, um, any way you'd like to and let me know how you're feeling and today we're on 139 of the book apostasy and recovery as with israel and exodus the mixed multitude exodus 12 38 the exterior shell of every movement with which it loads itself and in which it later becomes buried falls to lusting for flesh one can usually judge the progress of this process by the things the movement comes to on, comes to demand Instead of delight in the pure word, prayer and worship, a love for souls and a zeal for good works, there come entertainment, programs, musicals, sensationalism, and oratory. These things have no place in the essential, true Christianity, but our professionalism, which is the flesh. Oh God, deliver us from fleshly substitutes for the Spirit. Most meetings can only be kept alive now by continuous entertainment, professional evangelism, and a strong social spirit. And this is all too true in Pentecostal holiness and interdenominational circles as well as the older denominations. Where is the life itself to draw the people and bring God to them as in the beginning? This is not New Testament. It is abnormal grieving and limiting the Holy One of Israel in our midst. Each movement seems to run its course faster than the one before. Like the Niagara River, it flows downward more swiftly as it approaches the falls, the end of time. These are the last days of apostasy. The fight gets harder as we get higher up in our restoration from the early church's fall. When Adam fell, the satanic powers intervened between the fallen race and God. God removed the seat of his presence with man from earth to heaven. So when the early church fell, she again lost the image of, image of God that had in a sense been restored in the New Testament days when the bodies of believers became the temple of the Holy Spirit. In a higher sense than Adam had known, the spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6 and 12, intervened between the church and God again. Now the prodigal church, coming up out of the dark ages, has had to fight her way back through these evil powers. Each movement, as we go higher towards full restoration, has to meet a higher order of these wicked spiritual powers and intellexes, and hence must fight harder. Each step forward necessarily requires a deeper preparation and greater spiritual equipment for a greater measure of restoration. You know, it says, um, you know, we take one step forward and sometimes it seems like we take two steps back. It's hard. It seems like sometimes our progress is halted and limited. But most of the time we limit ourselves. It's not God. He's he's limitless. It's not his power. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He can do all things, but we, we worry about what other people might think. We worry about, should we have done this? Should we have done that? Should we not have done this? And we worry about our mistakes. And in my today's devotional in um, Jesus Calling, I didn't bring it in here with me to this room, but it was talking about how God can take our mistakes and our good things and interwind them all together. He can do a mighty work and take our faults and our failures and still use them for His glory. If we yield to Him, if we let Him do His perfect work, 
He who hath begun a good work in us is able to complete it. He, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. We must not rely on ourselves, because, oh yes, we fail miserably. Oh, we cannot do things on our own. We must, we must call on that higher power, which is Jesus. That is what we got to call on. Lord, we are weak, but you are strong. We can't do anything, but you can do all things. Lord, it's through you. It's by your might. It's by your strength. It's not by our might. It's not by our power, but by your spirit. It's by your spirit, Lord. It was never God's decree that the experience of the church should be so long and drawn out in recovering the normal standard and going on to fullness. But we have ever sought to call our present abnormal understanding and experience normal. We must see that all has been abnormal since the early church's fall. Experiences, understanding, everything has been partial, unbalanced, and abnormal. Nothing has been perfectly understood, and all the different truths and experiences have only been parts of the whole. We have not understood these truths and experiences, just as no machine is properly and clearly understood in detail, except as we understand the whole. We have been recovering the whole in parts without seeing the whole. Thus we so often distort and overemphasize the truth or experience that our particular movement has recovered. I trust you grasp this, for it is very important. I had a friend the other day that was talking to me about Acts 2.38. She's like, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, that's why people get um, keep saying, but there's more of the Bible to that. Of course, that's where it started at. And I got to thinking about that. Yes, that's true, but Peter had the keys. Peter had the keys, and they asked him, What must we do? And he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you've got to do that first before you can go on and do the rest of the Bible. Yes, there's other in the epistles and all that stuff. They already had experienced the Holy Ghost. That, those was the churches that were started out of the book of Acts. They already have done it. You've got to do that. That's the first step. That's the first step. And then you've got to keep on diving deeper and deeper in his word and seek his face and continue and, and keep pointing others to the cross. The cross will take you to Acts 2.38 because that's why Jesus died. He came that we might have life and that more abundantly. He came that we could have a remission of sins in his name. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is what Acts 2.38 is. You die to yourself. You die to your flesh. You get baptized in his name. You take on his name in baptism. And you get born again with his spirit living inside of you. It's the best thing. And you've got to know that that's the New Testament church. That's who we are. That's who we are, the bride of Christ. You've got to take on his name. The bride must take on her husband's name. So important. The different phases of our salvation were all viewed as just so many parts of glorious normal whole, but the various movements in the Restoration since the early Reformers have ceased in their turn to go forward to full realization. They have established their party standard of a partial abnormal revelation, putting a part for a whole. Then in human vanity they have each contended they had it all. This is Secretarianism, and it's a lot of dams holding back the God's people from flowing on toward the vast ocean of God's fullness. God cares little for these partial standards of men, their names, sects, or parties, slogans, or standards. All is only partial. 
distorted light that finally becomes the enemy of the real truth as the Lord marches on to glory. Each oncoming wave of the sea toward high tide must fight its way through the last receding one. So it is with the different movements toward a final restoration of the church. The immediately receding one especially hates and opposes the next oncoming one. What fools the devil has made of us? Oh, that we might see it, however real and good as far as they have gone. These past revivals and movements are each but faltering, uncertain steps toward the final goal. And the next um, part, which will come on tomorrow, is let's go on. So, we're almost done with this book, but I'm going to say right here that we, we, we've got to keep on marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We've come too far to look back. We've come too far to turn around now. You know, we've got to go on. And God is a merciful God. Yes, we have our faults and failures. None of us are perfect. And oh, man, um, I think we're hardest on ourselves knowing that. We know that. And we've got to forgive ourselves. And we've got to forgive others. And we've got to ask God to forgive us. We must. We must be humble before Him. God uses humble people because we are but dust. We are but the dust of the earth, except His Spirit that lives within us. It's His Spirit that maketh us alive. It's His Spirit that is going to do great things. And that's what it is. It takes willing vessels. So, Lord, we are humble in Your sight. We can do nothing, but through You, we can do all things. You can do all things through us. Here we are today. We ask that my listeners, we ask that you hear me and know my heart, God. You search our heart. Turn that searchlight from heaven on our soul. Because if I'm just saying words, and they're just words, they're just words. Unless you, the spoken word, you, the word eternal, put wings to these words and take them to the heart of the person that you're trying to reach today. Take them, Lord, take flight, that we all be revived in the Spirit, that we all be renewed in you, that we mount up with wings of eagles, that we fly higher, higher than our faults and failures into your realm of grace and mercy, into your realm of beauty, into your realm of restoration, into your realm of wholeness and fullness, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, all in Him, the great I Am, more of you, Jesus, less of us, less of us, you be magnified today in us and through us, to you be all glory and honor. I love you with all my heart, Jesus. I reach for you. I seek for you. That we can be your hands, your feet, your mouth. That we can be fully alive in your spirit. That we can be one in the kingdom of God. That we can be unity. Pushing towards that good. Overcoming evil with good each day. Letting you order our steps. Letting you, God. Rule and reign in our hearts, King of kings and Lord of lords. We love you, Jesus. Amen. God bless each of my friends. Y'all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.